What's up, everybody? Real quick before we begin, don't forget if you order some sweet Maven Optics, use the coupon code NBHGIFT at checkout and they will send you some free Maven swag. They're great optics, so check them out. On today's show, I've got Gary Del Nero, who is just a fantastic barber, a great guy, and he's got a really cool story. So, without any further ado, here we go. If you are ready to take the hard road, the road less traveled, the path in life where the journey is more important than the destination, then you are in the right place. Prepare to live with vigor. This is the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. It's your host, your boy, Will Bradley here. And today I have a special treat for all of you going out there, going to a Supercuts, wondering what's the difference between your mall barber and maybe a little higher end specialty barber. I've got the man to answer that question, and that is Gary Del Nero, a.k.a. Knuckle Up Barber, on Instagram. And he has just returned from the Netherlands, where he was learning some tips and tricks and techniques on how to up the barbering game. So, guess what? This podcast, it's all about men's hair and probably some bullshitting. <laughs> Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. There you go. Get nice. I'm going to edit that back in. Let's Get start. Get nice and close. Yeah, there you go. So, Gary, what is it that separates you guys at a place like Gentleman's Corner Barbershop and the average Supercuts? Oh, that's a lot. Um, I think one main is uh, professionalism. I think at our shop, we uh, we strive for like a very a very broad group of guys that will make everyone and anyone feel comfortable. I think that we do haircuts a little differently, super cuts, master cuts, any JC pennies. Um, I don't believe that they have the, the passion that we have. I don't think they care. I think at those places you're a number to where here we get to know everyone and it's just the overall experience and usually a better haircut. And let's, let's talk, styles and maybe complexity of the cuts what the average person might see i don't know four, 14 dollars going right for a haircut right but time and effort required for say a buzz cut and something like a pompadour can be really different what are we looking at technique and time wise as in like the difference yeah a buzz cut you can do in three minutes flat with just one clipper and just do it. I think that people underestimate how many different pairs of shears, how many different clippers it takes in different techniques to create a pompadour because it's not just the long hair. Then you have to taper down the sides, taper down the back. And I think a lot of people don't understand that there's a lot of time and technique that goes into that. So the buzz cut is a very basic look that's basic cable. If you go, you go and get a, a pompadour, you got Showtime, Skinamax, HBO. You're getting the adult-only yeah. channels? Yeah. <laughs> now, now, what kind of stuff did you learn while you were at in the Netherlands at, what was it, the Strom? The Scorum Barber School. Um, we learned a lot. They do stuff completely different. They, they use their tools differently. But the average person there, the side of their hair is about three to four inches and the top of their hair is like six plus inches. So all of them have long hair. Um, 
or everyone that we came into contact with had pretty long hair. Skin fades are not actually skin out there. I saw someone ask for a skin fade, and they did what we would consider like a two, which is about one-fourth of an inch. And you can see skin through it, but it wasn't actually skin. But no one there, it's a whole other world. They don't do the shorter haircuts. Everything's longer, so they end up actually using their tools completely differently, their products differently. It was it was very eye-opening. What would you say your biggest takeaway from the whole trip was? Ooh, uh, my biggest takeaway is that the barbering industry is much bigger than I realized. When you're localized, central New York, you're doing very specific cuts to what is trendy here, what's popular here. You go there, and there there wasn't one cut that they did in that shop that anyone gets out here. So to learn those cuts was wild. It was digging into a whole fresh new thing that I've never tried. We don't have guys that have shoulder-length hair that want to turn it into something. We have guys who you know, have their very specific style, which is fine, but it's, it's a whole different ballgame. And it showed me that if you travel outside of the country, hairstyles are evolving everywhere in different directions. I always say if you want to see like what will be the next big American haircut, just watch the Premier League. And one year later, <laughs> the soccer guys, yeah. yeah. The, so- the European soccer players always lead the charge yeah. for groundbreaking. And how is he going to stand out? Well, I think, was it last year? Last year I went to LA and I worked with a bunch of awesome barbers out there. Um, went to a bunch of shops, met up with some guys. And the haircuts that they were doing then were starting to trickle down into like our area now. So I feel like you're right, that, that Premier League, but it goes to L.A., it gets cool there, and then slowly comes back to, over to us, which is not a bad thing. I think that that's just an observational truth. Like I think that we're just a little behind on the haircut styles. When do you think the mullet will come back? I think it's coming back. It made I, uh, a soft comeback yeah. a few years ago and then just disappeared again. I was in Rochester last weekend. My son had a hockey tournament. And we went to some sub shop and four kids come in with the best mullets I've ever seen. And they had the steps, the cuts in the side. And it was just 80s white trash mullets, Joe Dirt stuff. And I was like, hey, man, like, can I ask you about your mullet? He's like, what's up? I was like, why? Oh, I'm on a lacrosse team. I don't. Okay, The cool. bros. Yeah. The bros yeah. keep the mullets alive. So I don't know if it's going to come back the way Billy Ray Cyrus wanted it to come back. <laughs> but I do <laughs> think. Tell that, his heart. Yeah. I do think they're like, they're here. You just have to look for them. I will, I will be on the lookout for them. That's the first haircut I want when my son, he's going to get his first haircut. I tried visiting my wife. That's what we should do because when yeah. else could we do it? She didn't buy it. Did not go down. What? I know. But what what would you say the most popular styles are right now in our area? In our area, um, I think the most popular style is like a skin fade, and then you comb the top over and do the hard part because every Pinterest Etsy-loving mom comes in with a picture of like a Brazilian hair model and says, Hey, my one-year-old, I'm never going to style it, but could you do this haircut on him? And it's a skin fade with a hard part. Um, I, as a personally, as a barber, I try to step away from the hard part. I will, I'll be honest. I try to talk everyone out of it. I'm just not a huge fan of the hard part, but I think that's our times a million. That's the most popular haircut in our area is the skin fade, hard part, comb it over, maybe flip the front a little. So if it was up to you, what hairstyle would you be? Honestly, I love using scissors. I think scissors are awesome. I, clippers are great too, but I think the longer hairstyle is still a pompadour, still a comb over, still you know, a slick back, but I think they can be done with longer hair, and I think it looks better, and there's less maintenance with it, and that throws people off. They think, oh, longer hair, more maintenance. 
More shampoo. (laughs) A lot more shampoo. But if you have a skin fade, as soon as that hair starts touching your ear, it grosses you out. Every guy who gets a haircut, a tight haircut, as soon as the hair starts touching his ear, got to get a new haircut. If you do a longer style, there's just more longevity with it, and I think it's more functional for, for a customer. And I think they're fun to do. I think it takes more more artistic ability to be able to like work with flow than just to cut everything off. So when I bring my one-year-old, I should get him a pompadour? Yeah, yes. <laughs> We're going to rock they, it high? Yeah. The higher the pompadour, the better. <laughs> I'll let him grow it out again because we, we went with the hard part this time. <laughs> I had the, the picture of the Brazilian model. What can you do? Hey, it's and, easy. And we, that's, that's a good way to do it because then at least you can show the barber what you want. Um, but there's a big disconnect where parents don't realize that most little kids have thin hair that's very light oh yeah. and it looks very different than this tan guy with black hair <laughs> like who's got super thick hair so they're like yeah i want it to look just like that and i'm like that your kid doesn't look just like that <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need to age him about 30 years then. yeah here's a picture of brad pitt i'm sorry you're still gonna be ugly at the end of this i can't help you <laughs> what, what would you say your favorite part about being a barber is just hanging out with people it's i feel like this job is permanent summer vacation i think that most people who go to work there's something about their job that they hate and i think for most barbers there's things that annoy us but there's nothing like it's a fun job it's you get to just talk to people in the community you get to know people it's almost uh, i hate to downplay it but it's almost like, like not working you go there and just hang out with people some people are cool some people suck but that's everywhere and now you and I went to high school together, or at least until you got asked to uh, leave. And some people may not know this, but Gary, <laughs> Gary Gary was a little bit of a wild man back in the day before he was such an honest barber. And uh, what what would you say maybe to kids now who are having a tough time in school and just don't feel like it's for them? I think that it's probably not for them. I don't think school... I think school is great and it serves a very good purpose. I don't think that me, say, getting asked to being removed from a school negatively impacted my life. I don't think me getting kicked out of an alternative school negatively impacted my life. I think that if anything, it pushed me. I said, okay, I'm not going to be able to get probably a traditional job um, with my record. I also decided to tattoo places on me that some people would say you shouldn't. So I had to think, what jobs could I get? And there's so many that you can get without traditional education. There's so many crafts that you can get into. There's so many different options. And how did you get into barbering? I actually, I always cut my cousin's hair, my friend's hair at my house. I never thought of ever doing it professionally. I love going to the barber shop. Um, My buddy Mickey, when he would come into town, the first thing we would do is go to the barber shop. It was just like a culture that I enjoyed. I was actually a new hire trainer for Verizon Wireless, which is wild. No one would ever think that I would have a real job. Um, But I hated it. And my cousin asked me to come over to cut her son's hair. And I was cutting his hair. And I was complaining, I hate this job. She's like, then fucking friggin' quit. You can swear on here. Oh, okay, cool. Then fucking quit. I was like, yeah, but what am I going to do? Cut hair. Like, you can do it. You enjoy doing it. You love the whole barbershop. Just be a barber. And I was like, I couldn't do that. And then I went to barber school, and then I did that, and I just I just kind of fell into it. So it was something that I always did, but I never thought that I could do it as a career. And now I can't even imagine doing anything else. And how long does barber school take to get through? It depends. 
there's not a clear cut answer. If you have the time to live out there and to not work, you can get it done in six months. If you can't, which most people can't, they have mortgages, they have rent, they have a car payment. So a lot of people have to just go, a lot of the programs will have four hour days instead of eight hour days, three days a week instead of five days a week. So it can take you as long as a year. Or if you really like are committed, you can get it done in six months. Now, obviously like most technical training, you're probably not at your peak performance coming out of barber school or any trade school. I think barber school is extremely important. I think it teaches you the fundamentals. I think it teaches you parts of the business that you wouldn't know. Barber school teaches you customer service. Very important things. But anyone who went through barber school, and I can't speak for all barber schools, but most barber schools, you do not leave there knowing how to cut hair. You do leave there with a, a very clear view of how to run a barber shop, like the business aspect, the traditions. Um, you know the background of barbering, where it came from, when we used to Barbers used to amputate people and remove teeth. Seems like something you should still be doing. I would love to. <laughs> I, anyone who needs teeth removed or amputations, I'll do it. We can't talk about it. We can't tell anyone about it, but I'll do it. Not recommending you'll live afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about infection, but... <laughs> yeah, that's on who you. Who cares? Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what you pay a doctor for. But I think barber school is important, but no one leaves barber school knowing how to cut hair because they just don't teach it. They teach traditional cuts, which is awesome. But there's so much evolution in barbering. Barbering changes yearly. Every year something new happens in some new technique and some new style. You learn none of that in barber school. You learn the foundation, so I think it's very important. But no one leaves barber school knowing how to cut hair, in my opinion. And I'm sure there are some people who are just fire and they are awesome and they left barber school. They paid attention. <laughs> yeah. But I almost got kicked out of regular barber school to go to the alternative bar. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate to see alternative barber school. Convicts. <laughs> now, talking about techniques and traditions, what are some of the things that maybe, because Gentleman's Corner is a pretty traditional shop. I yeah. mean, they're playing 50s music. Yep. They've got some of the new guys, some of the old guard there. What are some of your favorite traditions and things that have carried on through barbering? That you bring. So one of my favorite things is um, someone will come in and say, could you do a number two on the sides? That's a two guard. It's just a little like comb that you clip onto your clipper and it'll cut at a certain length. That's great. After going to this school, me and Paul basically got rid of our guards and we don't use guards. And that's a very traditional thing because they didn't have guards for a long time. It was clipper over comb. And now Paul and I, from learning it at the school, are going not strictly clipper over comb. Every haircut's different and requires like a little finessing. But that's a very old school tradition, not using any of those guards and using clipper over comb that not everyone can do because it takes a while. You have to be very comfortable to do it. And that's a traditional thing that not only we brought back from our, the school that we went to in Rotterdam, but we're trying to kind of push that onto all of our coworkers because it's just a cool, like when someone's watching you cut hair and you're not using guards and you're just clipper over combing, it just, it's almost like art. I know that probably sounds weird, but it's almost like art. There's a lot of room for error and it shows that you have kind of honed in on that specific technique. And I think that's important. So in other words, you're, you're kind of sculpting the hair yeah. as you go. And I got to imagine it's a little tough or that's got to be the big challenge is getting the length right on everything. Yeah, and there's zero room for error. Yeah, you, <laughs> you mess up someone's hair, they're going to notice. Hey, guess what? You're getting a skin fade now. Like, <laughs> I'm going to need to put this uh, guard back on. Yeah. Um, but I 
I think that that's the like, gentleman's corner. Again, it is traditional. Um, we dress a certain way. We listen to certain music. Even our business hours are more traditional, um, and a lot of people don't realize that. And just uh, some of the small things, we all use for the most part, the exact same um, aftershave. Why? So when you leave, if you ever smell that, you just think of us. And it's, you know, traditional smelling aftershave. Just little details like that really help the checkers board. There's a checkers board. There's, you know, little things like that help to keep those traditions of an actual barbershop alive. I think the most traditional thing that has nothing to do with haircuts is the environment. We got guys that have, you know, views on this and that, and we have a huge group discussion. None of our customers are facing the mirror because, A, they shouldn't. I think that's wild. That mirror is not for the customer. It's for the barber to use because the barber sees your haircut from about, what, 12 inches away? The mirror's four foot away and then four foot deep. So you're eight feet away in the mirror. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then I can see what that haircut looks like from a distance, and it's very different than what it looks like up close. So we don't you know, put people toward the mirror. But I think that's important because if we're talking about sports or the news or the weather, everyone in the shop is in on it. Everyone's getting in on it. We'll call people. Like, it's almost like pulling from the audience. You could say you're waiting for your haircut. And I'm like, what do you think of that? Will? And then you give your, and it's almost a social club. And that's where I think we're destroying people because our barbershop is an old traditional one. That's still, I'm not saying, you know, there's still going to be people on their phones, but we try to pull people into that to create that environment, which is huge for traditional barbering. And I think that's awesome. If you were to change maybe one thing about the work you do, what would it be? Do you, that's a very open question. Or let's put it this way. What's one thing you'd like to improve on the most? For me personally? Yeah. Time management. <laughs> My time I can see that. I've, got, anyone who I've seen three people getting <laughs> out of chairs while you're still cutting one dude's yeah. hair. Um, <laughs> There's a thing. I'll actually turn my clippers off if I'm getting in a conversation and stop. Put my hands at my sides and be like, wait, what would you say? No. And that's bad. I, I need to work when I cut. I need to. Time management would be awesome for me because the guys waiting two hours for a haircut from me do not appreciate when I turn my clippers off to have a conversation with someone in my chair. The person in the chair loves it. And once the guy waiting gets in the chair, he doesn't mind it. But everyone waiting when I like stop cutting hair to just talk to you. That's a problem. <laughs> and I'm working on it. <laughs> waiting sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No one likes waiting. And when your barber, like I said, stops working to have a conversation, that's annoying. When, when you were overseas, was there anything unexpected you learned, whether it was technique or culturally, just some, a way they did something that we don't do here? A lot. Um, stuff from the tools they use. Again, it's... It's all the technique that they use um, and the tools they use. Because they're using longer hair, they don't use the same scissors we do. They use completely different scissors to do the same things we're doing. How different can scissors be? Because uh, there's thinning shears, tapering shears. There's regular scissors. There's 6-inch. There's 5-inch. There's 7-inch. There's so tons what do they of use? scissors. So for a long hair cut, they use what we use. I'll call them tapering scissors. And they don't cut all the hair. They call, cut the bulk. But when you're doing a long hairstyle, you don't want a straight line cut like with traditional scissors. You kind of want it jagged. So they use those so it lays better because it's longer hair. Mm. We would never do that. Gotcha. Um, women aren't allowed in the barbershop that, that we were at. As a paying student, you can learn from their their teachers. You can go to their, their, their school. But as a woman, you cannot walk into that barbershop. If you have a kid and you want to bring them, you drop them off at the door. Women do not enter that barbershop. And if we did that in America, it would 
explode. We did would, you did you see a lot of little kids coming into the barbershop? No. Um, the barbershop that we learned from has a very specific niche. Um, it's longer-haired gentlemen, which everyone out there had longer hair, that take the time on their hair in the morning and do very specific styles, styles that you're not going to spend 20 minutes styling your kid's hair in the morning. So that one, that barbershop, the Holy Ashtray, is not geared toward as many children. There are kids that go there. They do cut some kids' hair. But it's a very specific parent that wants to spend that much on their kids' hair and then do their hair every morning to make it look good. And if you do that, that's awesome. Yeah, God bless them. Yeah, because I should, I'm not going to do that. I, that's why I buy hats. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a barber wearing a hat. You know yeah. the struggle. It's like That's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, it's like, man, I really, I really just want to do my hair like once a month. Yeah. I can't imagine waking up and blow-drying my son's hair and putting product in and then blow-drying it and then getting a specific brush to get some volume. Or I could just throw some stuff in his hair, mess it up, and say, have fun at school. There you go. Yeah. Here's a hat. Yeah. Here's a hat. Get out the door. I can remember in high school, though, spending that much time doing my hair. It's funny oh, yeah. how it's when you're in high school, that's important. That's important stuff. I feel like uh, in high school, we're all hunters and we're hunting for something. Yep. And then you get older and you get married and then there's no more hunt. So you just wear a hat. <laughs> Hence me and you are sitting he here must, in hats. He must be married <laughs> and have children. He has a hat and a dull look in his eyes. <laughs> just kidding. I love my kids and wife. And my Sometimes. hat, though, no. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just dropped them off for the uh, airport this morning. They're going to visit my mother-in-law. And I actually thought to myself, the biggest thing I will miss is that noise and energy in the house. Yeah. And when I was you know, sitting there putting into bed last night, I thought about like how much I will actually miss uh, my oldest son. Just the things he'll say or the things he'll ask. You know, it's a lot of dad, dad, this, dad, yeah. dad, And, and you it miss gives that. you something to do. If my wife and son go out on vacation or go, like, her whole family's from Baltimore, if they go there, I wake up at like noon. I have nothing to do. And then I don't know what to do with my time. I have no reason to live. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I guess I'm going to play video games. I don't know. But today I got him on the bus. I packed his lunch. That is, I was like, all right, now I'll you know, go do the, It just gave me something to do. And awesome. How old is your kid now? Uh, six. He'll be seven the 29th. So, so say he comes high school age, you know, when kids are going to college or going to start a career, is there a way you're going to steer him or kind of advise him maybe that, you know, you would have wished someone had done for you? I am, <coughs> he already knows how to do uh, one specific haircut and he's actually, is it a bus cut? Pretty, no, no, <laughs> it's actually a slick back, like the uh, Brad Pitt in the movie Fury, um, the Fury slick back. And I will teach him as he grows how to cut hair. I do not want him to be a barber. Um, there's a thing called, I think it's called paid time off. And hear me out. They actually pay you not to work. It's, it's fucking wild. <laughs> I don't, I've never, I've never got it. Like I'm a barber. And what is it? Time and a half. You, get, you, you actually get paid more to do your job if you stay late. I stay late every day, and I still get the same amount. It's wild. Um, and uh, retirement, did I say it right? Yeah. Retirement. Um, again, I don't know what that is. Barbers don't get that. Um, but I, And I want him to get that, but I will teach him to cut. I'm currently teaching him to cut hair, and I will teach him to cut hair because in college, if he can do cuts in the dorms, that's money. If he has a job as, I don't know, an engineer and he gets fired, he could just cut hair. Like, I think it's awesome that he'll know how to do it and that he can fall back on it. And if he wants to do it, man, do whatever you want. 
but I would like him to have something with a retirement. I don't know if you I'm know you can right. do your own retirement plan. Right? That's <laughs> the thing. People people can do that without anyone else doing Pinchin? it for them. A pension, pension, pension. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So you pension. can actually call someone up, set money aside, yeah. have it invested. You know this, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> How do I get the time and day half? <laughs> yeah, you're not getting that. <laughs> the time and half. It's not gonna happen for you. You're benefits. Benefits or your, benefits? Your benefit is you get to see someone like me <laughs> yes. coming in. That's a, I mean that. And I love barbering. Saying all that stuff is just my way of like, you know, playing with it. But I do. I I would love to see him, whatever he wants to do to make him happy. But he will know how to cut hair, and he will always be able to fall back on it. Now maybe somebody who wants to go down the road of barbering. What would be some recommendations or advice you'd give them for just starting out? If you have an interest in it, I think you need to go to barbershops and hang out. As dumb as that sounds, to just hang out. And no barbershop will care. We have people who come in and just hang out all the time who just want to hang out because they like the shop or like us or because they work in close proximity. You get to know the barbers. Maybe, hey, man, like, can I kind of stand in this corner and watch you work? I would let anyone who's interested in learning and just talk to me about it. Talk to a barber about it. Talk to your barber. Whoever cuts your hair, talk to them about it. And I think everyone who wants to be a barber should go to barber school. I'm not saying to learn to cut hair, but just to learn how to be a better barber. Barber school is a big commitment. I think it's like the, I think, I believe Shiri goes between ten dollars and $12,000 to go. Oof. Yeah. It's not cheap. So, no. So it's a big commitment. You, when I went, I had to take out loans to pay like rent, all that stuff to, to do my car. And I had to move out to Rochester and live there full time and go to school full time. Well, having everything, like well, having my whole the rest of my you know life going on and commit to it and i'm still paying off like that sally may's the devil the <laughs> devil she's the worst and i'm still fighting with her and uh but if you want it go get it and there's a lot of people well you know i'm not gonna that twelve thousand dollars i'll just hang out at shops and apprentice that's fine but to be a better i don't know I've, i highly suggest going into a barber shop you know getting into the culture tar- making friends with barbers instagram follow every barber you can and then choosing, you know, the path you want. But I think barber school is definitely the way to go. Now, how, say, you move to a new area or you're tired of going to Supercuts. How do you know that the person you're going to or how do you know the person you want to go to is a good barber? Well, the term good barber is a scary term that because is. I know barbers who can't cut and they're great barbers. <laughs> I know barbers who are amazing <laughs> at cutting hair and they're the worst barbers I've ever met. Um, I think it's, I see on a consumer level, people equate good haircuts with a good barber. I think it's much more than that. I think that if you sit down and you've been coming to me for a few months and I know your kid's name and I know where they go to school and I ask you about your job and, um, how your wife's doing and, oh, your dog, is he okay? I think that holds so much more weight than just giving you a good haircut and like sending you aside. But I think if you, I'll use our shop. If you come into Gentleman's Corner, there's 10 barbers. If you have no idea who to go to, don't even sign in. Just sit there. Just sit there and watch. You'll see a barber who's super chit-chatty like me, and some people don't like that. They don't want to talk. They want to just get their hair cut. So don't like, but you sit there and kind of observe everything and be like, you know what? Gary won't shut up. I don't want to sit in his chair. This guy over there, he just cuts hair. I want to sit in his chair because your barber is kind of tailored to you and your personality. So I think if you move to a new area or if you're at a super, like going to a super cuts and you actually want to get a real haircut by a real barber, um, 
then go into the shop and just sit, hang out. And, hey, man, sign in. Uh, yeah, I will. I just kind of want to – I just want to observe for a minute, figure out who you want to go to, and then that'll probably – you'll leave happier. Even if the guy to your left or right was going to give you a better haircut, you'll probably leave, A, with a great haircut, but with a better experience and want to come back. Now, there – ever since the trend of – um what's so metrosexual, shall we say <laughs> – uh, for, it seemed like there was a point where men dressed up a lot, did their hair and yep. all that, and then it stopped. Then it started based on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy back in, what, the early <laughs> 2000s, late 90s. It, but now it's getting more of the, uh, you know, that 1950s style, hard part, pompadour, all that stuff's coming back. Yeah. And there is a shit ton of products and combs, and it seems like... And it's like a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. And it, how... I mean, what 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 are like the main types of hair products, shall we say, that men use or should use, and how the hell do you use them? I think that any guy who's like, yeah, I use gel in my hair, I want to backhand him. What's and I'm not wait, saying hold that. On, hold on, what's wrong with the LA looks that got me through seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth grade? With the Aquanet hairspray. Yeah, to, uh, first get you put the stick. LA looks in. Then you get out the hair dryer and the hairspray. The problem is with your LA looks. Um, Steal it from your mom. It's that you stole from your mom. It is a gel, and the problem with gel is how you make gel and how you make pomade are like two different things, and they're very similar. But gel is cheaper, cheaper ingredients, and usually it's like alcohol based. Alcohol dries stuff out. That's which just is, a fact. Which is why you so should if you put alcohol on your scalp, yes, <laughs> and it burns the whole urethra thing. Oh, we'll talk about that later. Total burn. Um, but if it's drying out your scalp, you're getting flakes. Then when it actually the product dries up, it also flakes. So you just have like this snow dandruff in your hair. Even oh, if it's that not makes your so dandruff, much sense now. It looks gross. It's I just, wish I'd known that yeah, way back it's then. It's so much harder to get laid if you have snow coming out of your hair than if you don't. Uh, now, like, pomade's got science mixed in with it. Now they're putting vitamins in it. It's good for your hair. It Some of them help hair growth or hair help, you know, strengthen hair. Gel does not do that. Uh, there's a product called Murray's. It's extremely cheap. It's like $3 for a tub of it, and it will break your hair. It will provenly like help cause baldness because it's such a bad product, but people didn't know. Now we know. Now we throw a bunch of engineering and science in it, and we have products that are way better for your hair, way better for – and guys are like, I don't care about my hair. I just cut it off. You're going to care when it starts thinning. <laughs> when you don't have yes. it no more <laughs> like when the recession isn't with the you know when it's when your hairline is receding you're going to care <laughs> so so what are the like you brought some uh some of holland's finest yes. pomade ruzel pomade yeah. a fiber-based one yeah what what is in this lovely jar that the people cannot see but it's lovely um, it's got a pig on it this company is actually phenomenal they for a while, we're doing everything completely old school. So pomade actually was made with lard, like pig lard. Hence why the, delicious. Yeah, hence why the image on it is a pig. Their mascot is a pig. Obviously, they no longer make their their oil or their grease base with lard. Uh, Peta would have a field day with that if they did. And they used to fragrance everything with like apples because it was simple, it was easy, it was cheap. Um, rose petals. They would like mash that up. These guys kind of stuck old school with everything they do. And it's a company, and a lot of companies are like this. Um, it's a company that cares about the product, but they care about your hair. So they're putting in, you know, they're keeping it natural. The wax base has beeswax in it, 
which is not bad for your hair. Some people have like breakouts in your scalp, but if that is what you have, they've already thought of that and they've got tonics to help get it out. They have specific uh, shampoos that they sell to get the grease out. And it's just basically it, it is an old school traditional barber company that everything they do, they do it for a reason. Even the packaging, how, how it's very flat. I know, again, people can't see that, but it's flat. And they did that for people who are ordering it. You can put that in an envelope and slide it through someone's mail slot. And it's not going to cost because in Europe, everything's like done by weight and about size. It smells delicious. Yeah. So because it's flat, you can just slide it through and it's cheaper to actually, within the country, ship, which is awesome. And so fiber. Yep. Fiber. Yeah. What's different between this and my my favorite OG LA looks? So LA looks, if you put it in your hair, is going to get it wet. It's going to make it look wet, shiny. You're going to have that 80s, uh, I'm Italian and I possibly do coke in my Irox Z28 look. Which is all true. Yeah. Which looks good if you have like Adidas track suits and gold chains. Why I don't wouldn't have, you? I, I don't have Why either would... of those. Um, but so if you put the LA looks is going to kind of mat your hair down. That is actually going to help if you want a pompadour, if you want taller hair. The fiber is actually, once you, especially if you mix it with some heat, blow dry it a little bit, it's actually going to help create volume. Okay. And maybe 10 years ago, no one gave a crap about that. No one cared that a product was going to help you get volume. Now, when, again, every Pinterest and Etsy mom has a picture of a guy with a tall haircut, the LA looks won't do it. That will. So just like the haircuts are evolving, if haircuts are evolving, the products have to evolve. All right, so we have fiber. I've also seen paste, clays, pomade. Yeah. What? How are they all different? I guess let's do a rundown of the right. products and maybe how you can use them because I'm sure there's guys sitting at home and they went to CVS or wherever. They pick some stuff yeah. up and they've got it. They do their hair and they're like, this looks just like the LA looks. Now, pomade is a very versatile. Pomade is... Every, every guy or anyone with kids should have some pomade. It's the replacement to gel. If you want them to have a comb over, a mohawk, a, whatever you want to do with pomade, you can do with it. If you put it in the hair dry, it has a specific look. Wet, it has a specific look. Now we're getting into more textured haircuts, the messy look. That's where like the clays, that stuff comes in. Pomade, a lot of times, depending on how you use it, it will kind of push all your hair together in one uniform thing. The clays... The, the more matte products will almost spread it out and make that textured, messy look. It'll, I hate to use the word accentuate, but it'll accentuate it. It'll make it look more messy. So you, in the morning, you have to style it less. You just kind of throw in that stuff, mess it around, and if you have a short, textured cut, that'll nail it. If you want to do your comb over, you'd have to put more in, maybe put a little water. So each product, to a certain degree, can help with different looks, which, as men care more about grooming and as we're doing more versatile things... I know guys who straighten their hair before they do their pompadours, straighten their beards. Since guys are doing more to look better. And that's why I'm going to have a mustache. So I don't have to get exactly. Into that shit. But there's more products to help you make it look better. There's even products to use before you put your pomade in. Hair tonics that help specific to, you know, a style. The guy with the buzz cut doesn't need to do that. What, what does a hair tonic do? Hair tonics are cool because A, they'll clean your hair. And they're, okay. they're good for hair. Most of them smell really good, but a lot of them, once they dry, it's if you, if you have awesome hair, like straight hair, there's no wave to it. And you just literally want to get up and go comb it to the side. You don't care if it looks perfect. You throw hair tonic in and it'll give you such a small amount of hold that it'll keep it over, 
But if the wind blows, it's out of here. But some guys like, nope, just want to get up and go. I don't, I don't brush it. I put my hand through it and that's it. Hair tonic's perfect for those guys. They put it in in the morning after they wash it and it's just enough hold to keep it in one direction, but it's not, you didn't style your hair. You run your fingers through it and you're good to go. Yeah. Put a hat on. Yeah. It's not for the, it's for the older guy who just wants to look like he kind of did something, but wants to do nothing to achieve it. I like that. That's, yeah, that's that might be me. It's a product made for men. And so when most people, I guess I shouldn't say most people, when say you're doing your hair again, should you dry it off before you put this stuff in or does it go in wet? It can do either. It depends on what you want to do. Um, if you're looking for, if you go to the shop and you see my hair, putting it in wet, that's fine because the wetness just kind of works with it. It gives it a little extra shine, uh, more of the... I don't want to say greaser look, but more like the the greaser, Johnny Bravo. Um, yeah. If you put it in dry, it's gonna you're gonna get that result. It's gonna be more of a dry. Some people want to look like they did nothing to their hair, but you actually have to do something to your hair to get it to have a pompadour that looks natural. That's a great product for it when you put it in dry. Again, some guys are really like, I'm not ever gonna use a blow dryer. It'll help. <laughs> It'll help a ton. <laughs> We're, we're moving into an era where guys have, like I said, straighteners and blow dryers and all that stuff. And it's becoming normalized to have that and do that with your hair. But I don't think that's bad because guys should look good too. Why not? Exactly. If you're single, why not? If you don't own a hat, yeah, definitely. If you're married, eh, who cares? Yeah, if you're married, <laughs> she knows get, what she signed up for. If you're for. married, get the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a favorite cut you're doing right now? In the winter... I love doing the short, choppy, very textured, messy cuts. And it's not because I actually love those haircuts. It's because winter hats are a bitch. And every little kid and every adult, everyone who lives in central New York has a winter hat that's, and they wear it. That's very true. So if you my, my haircut now, it's <coughs> like a longer comb over. When I take my hat off, it looks terrible. <laughs> I have long hair just flying everywhere. No, no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> That's not true. That's <laughs> <laughs> but if you have a shorter hairstyle, a choppy textured cut, and you have the, the fiber that I gave you, you put that in your hair in the morning, just mess it up, throw your sock hat on, just throw whatever you're wearing, pop it off, mess your hair up again, and your hairstyle's done. In the middle of the day, you got a bad itch on your head, you just, you just fucking scratch it because it doesn't matter. The messy textured look is there. If it's all slicked, you can't touch your hair. If you have an itch, you're just like, eh, that sucks. That is true. That. I've yeah. never thought about it. I've, I've had, nice had that happen. You don't scratch your head. I've had nice come overs and yeah. it's like, oh man, I'm going to have to comb this again. Yeah. If you, if you, as stupid as it sounds, something as minute as itching an itch will ruin your hair. But if it's the messy comb over, fucking go ahead. Uh, you know, heroes, some heroes are born, others are made. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my son, he, He's a hockey player. He wants a long hockey flow. But no, man, it's the winter time. You're going to be wearing a winter hat, taking it on and off for school. You're going to have a short, choppy, textured cut that it doesn't make. There's no way to mess it up. It just makes it easier. Now, do you do his hair every morning or is yeah, he going out there yeah. in a hat? No, I do his hair, but it is a hairstyle that, like I said, I do his hair. And if he puts the hat on, it doesn't matter. Because when he takes it off, what's it going to do? Mess up the messy look? That doesn't even make sense. It's already messy. Like it's made to, It's built to look that way. So he can't screw it up, which is awesome. Yeah, because everyone knows when you have kids, it's yeah they can take apart anything you've put together. Oh yeah, and that's what when when a younger 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 kid like four or five years old has like a slick bag, are they actually going to do it? 
probably not. And then if you do that haircut, they're going to run their hands through it. They're going to scratch their head. They're going to do something. They're just going to mess it up. So that, that short, choppy, messy look in the winter for like everyone, I would say that's my go-to. If someone's like, I don't know what to do. Hey, man, it's winter. Let's give you something crazy textured. You can't mess it up. It's just easier. That's. I feel like every time I go in to the barber, it's like I always want to try something new, and then I'm just like, eh, let's just do this. <laughs> the, the old the old standard. Men are creatures of habit. We don't like change. No, no, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. So where can people find you if, say, they're local, where are you at, and uh, where can they follow you on the gram? Where you can find me um, is Gentleman's Corner Barbershop in New Hartford. If I'm not there, I'm on my couch. Those are the only two places I go. That's it. That's it. Um, on Instagram, you can find me. It's on Knuckle Up Barber. And uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on my couch and I'm working. That's All right, it. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you have any questions about the couch life or about your hair, hit Gary up at the Knuckle Up Barber on Instagram. Absolutely. And as always, you can follow us at The Adventurous Gentleman or go to theadventurousgentleman.com. Until next time. Go get yourself a haircut. <laughs>